Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Hey, welcome to another wonderful show of Queer Nundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I'm your other fabulous co-host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. I am super excited for our show today. We are, we are launching yet another new segment. I'm so excited. I'm like pounding my desk and I can hear like my boom mic going, what are you doing? Stop it. I'm so excited about this new segment that we are calling uh, month a the month in queer. So it's a news thing that we're diving into, and I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, but before we get into that, let's dive into what's going on, Gary. What's new with you? Well, I think we need to talk first of all about the weather in Texas. Okay. Okay. Next. So you know how in the Palouse, the weather yes. can change around in a day. Oh yeah, that's what I love about the Palouse. We have very clear defined seasons here. And it can happen on the same day. But, <laughs> yes, um, it can. And honestly, when I was in Gunnison, even more so. But it's worse here. We will go from extremes. Like uh, day before yesterday, we reached 74 degrees. Then today... We are. We woke up to thirty degree weather, and it only got to a high of forty eight degrees. Ooh, I was about, so I was so ready to give you like to dish out some shit to you. I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, it was like seventy two, and today's like fifty six. I'm like, whatever, dude. Talk to me. Talk to me later about when you drop like thirty degree difference. Yeah, okay. yeah, and we did thirty yeah, degrees. That was, you know, that's like, a huge fuck. difference. So, and then on Tuesday, I you know again the other side of it, we're we're gonna be up to. We had it. We had it today. A fifty-six, somewhere at fifty-six, fifty-seven. To then on Tuesday we do gradually go, but Tuesday we hit a high of eighty-two degrees. Then the next day we go down to in the fifties again. I don't. We're going to be single it. digits on Tuesday. <laughs> I I just say oh. it's going to be warm here, like shorts weather. And the next day we need to be wearing a parka, but you know what? So that's <laughs> that's what we're dealing with through that. So, this is um, why this is what I love about Texas and about about various states that it can uh, California is the same where the the plumbing so okay in Washington state we know like just if you're a Washingtonian you know that you have to leave your water dripping if it's you get certain temperatures you have to leave your water dripping for the most part you're not allowed to put your water lines on exterior portions of your house because they oh, I know. and then here that's Texas a huge California issue where they're telling us, you know, we get these news reports because of that. Now, make sure that, you know, when, when we're getting, because we did have a couple of days of getting below freezing, mm-hmm. that we make sure to keep your cabinet doors open if they're facing uh-huh. an, an exterior wall so that the, the, the pipes don't freeze and keep the water running. It's like, oh, my God, these fucking yep. idiots. I- realizing, <laughs> why would they normally even have it, was it this ta- way? I was taught that when I was four years old. I know. The fact that there are full-grown adults out there in this world, in the United States alone, that do not understand that concept, and they're and they're complaining. It's like, well, 
there you go. That's global warming or cooling, however you want to call it. They're, they happen in sync with one another. And that's the difference in the building code standards and from state to state. It's not standardized. And you're going to have moments like that. Well, and it's, it's so weird. I think I've talked about this before here is that we looked at a couple of places that um, they, they had air conditioning, but no heat. And at first we're like, okay, well, that's weird, but not the end of the world. So fucking glad we got a place that has heat in it because we, <laughs> we didn't think, you know, well, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll need right. that. Fuck. Yes, you do. You still need to have heaters here. So um, it's just, it's weird to live in an area of, the, of our country where that's a decision you have to make. You know, I mean, up in Washington, it's uh, you can go without central air, you know, you can do that, uh, you know, air conditioning, but you need heat, you know? Yes. And so, um, and then here from everything I understand, you know, I, we haven't got it yet, but I'm waiting for, you know, how humid and hot it gets that you need the air conditioning. Just the other day when it got warm up in the seventies, it was rainy and it was humid. And I don't even want to think what it's going to be like in the middle of summer and rainy and stuff. So, but you know, remember, we'll you get there and we'll deal with it. You made choices. Oh yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with those. I want anybody who's listening to me from Texas. We don't have a lot of Texas listeners, quite honestly, but uh -huh. we need more. But I, anybody who's listening to me from Texas, I'm loving and I, I'm very glad I made the. You know, the we need all I the have, listeners all from the conservative states to listen. People. Well, yeah, I've met wonderfully friendly people here. Um, nobody's had any issues with Dean and I being together, and we do live in a very queer friendly area. So I'm I'm completely enjoying everything so far about Texas, enjoying all of it. So, um, oh my God! So I I oh just today while I was. I went to uh, this other, I went to another manager at one of the other hospitals around where I'm at because I knew I was doing stuff wrong and I wasn't getting the right answers from people over the phone. So I wanted to talk to a person in person, you know, and just say, show me what I'm doing wrong. And they showed me and I go, and I literally go, I knew it. I knew what I was showing was wrong. And nobody would listen to me that I and so but so I got shown the correct way to do it and it's so much easier and oh my god it just made me feel so much better I can't wait probably actually I'm so excited over this weekend where I normally wouldn't work I'm going to be doing some work just to get caught up on things because I know how to do it now so I'm all excited uh, about sure. that I get I'm going to be doing the same thing for yeah. different reasons but I'm excited about yeah. some of the stuff I'm working on but I hate I have to I have to distract you for a second because I'm remembering our conversation <laughs> regarding your relationship with your vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah. Roomba. Roomba. Yeah. I'm trying to decide what I want to call it. Cause the Roomba does not fit. Roomba sounds too, too fun, free loving. <laughs> our Roomba is not, I, I, we have to figure out it's a stubborn little shit who <laughs> continuously will miss areas. It, it, I think he's just, I, I think he's taken after, after, uh, after our cats or something, because it just, it just refuses. It just, and then, but then it always go for these areas on the, the carpet that has cords on it and get stuck every single fucking time. I swear to God, I can I'll move the cords. <laughs> and it's still, I swear to God, it seeks them out just it's to like cause a cat. Carpet. Yeah. You just moved the And toy. so I finally figured out. So then here, I finally figured out how to, I got it taken off my phone so I didn't see it when it happens at like 10 o'clock in the morning when I'm at work, so which is good. Except then, Dean's calling me going, 
Well, Gary, I don't know how to get the I don't know how to get this Roomba restarted. He doesn't know how to fucking push the button. I love you, Dean, but oh my god, just push the button. That's all you need to do. That's what she and said. So, and so I'm dealing with I'm dealing with that work. And then I, I swear to God, the cats, the minute, you know, I, I want the cats that like in the videos where you see them riding the Roomba. No, not our cats. Our cats are the true version of the word pussy. That thing starts up, it does a little and they just they each like scatter and they hide because of this, they, they think the Roomba's gonna suck them up or something. So that's that's been the, the joys of Roomba. And I found out that I have a lot of control issues that I would not have guessed. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> because of this. Seriously? I mean, I'm watching it going. <laughs> and I'm just thinking. I, I think it's great. It took a vacuum cleaner for you to realize that. <laughs> oh, I knew I had control issues. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I did yeah. not realize how many control issues I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my daughters are going, yeah, whatever, uh -huh. dad, let me talk to you about all the control issues it hasn't shown yet. So, um, oh, even on that note, I have to say to my daughters that they, um, and I apologize to each of them this week because of the weight I've lost. Um, I'm now down to the weight I was in high school. But um, I have had to apologize to them because I get fucking cold all the time, like bone achingly cold. And I was the dad, I was a typical dad who goes, oh, no, you can just put a sweater on, you don't need to raise the heat up. And now it's like, I, I had to call both up. I'm so sorry to do that to you guys, because I'm just fucking cold all the time. <laughs> that, that was a, a side note on that one. And then That's funny. the other thing I want to talk about is our cat, we have two cats, brother and Mumford. Brother is a cool cat. He's my cat. He's just this cool cat. You know, he, he has his issues. Don't get me wrong. He, he, I, I call him the Sheldon of cats. He wants to be held until he doesn't want to be held. You can squeeze him. He wants to be squeezed, but no, not just for a second, because now it's too much, you know, so he has issues. But So Mumford, we're making stay inside right now because, and he wants to be outside. He wants to be that cat that roams. And until we get him chipped, he's not going to be, we're not letting him outside at all. Just not happening. And so he now literally, like this happened just two days ago. I've, I've, this brother is just very calmly sitting in my lap, purring as I'm petting him. Mumford comes by, jumps up on me, and bats him, and bats brother in the face three times and runs away. Hides until I'm not paying any more attention and fucking does it again. And He's an so now. And so he's, he has nobody else to pick on because he's like this tough, you know, he's, he's a little cat, but he's like the, the tough, you know, come on, come on, you've got a Napoleon complex, come on, I'll, be, I'll beat the crap out of you, come on, you, you, you go for me, you little fucker, I'll beat you up, I don't care if you're too big, if you're twice as big as I am, I'll do it. So he's doing this to brother all the time now, this poor cat, he's just basically pretty mellow, you know, he doesn't want to do with any shit, he doesn't care. And so now poor brother, is, he won't even come in and stay in the bedroom with us at night because Mumford has taken over the bed. He will not allow brother up on the bed when he's in the bed with us. So, so you moved to a smaller place, right? From the previous place? Yeah. And that, yeah. And you moved, you moved, you moved a few times. So your cat is probably experiencing some anxiety about things being changed. 
and the, spe- I don't the fact think that so. I, I know what you're saying with that. No, yeah. no, he's just being a little dick because maybe, we won't let him outside. Maybe, but cats are territorial, and you've changed the territory a couple of times, and it's not clearly defined. And here's my so, reason why. Here's my reason why, if I may. Okay, I'm listening. I, we have two pussies, Stormy and Sassy. And when Nala was around, I didn't know that's what you called him, but whatever. Right. And Nala, so when Nala was around, the most majestic cat ever, she was like, fuck you all. This is the rules. This, this is your area. That's your area. And this is my area. And we could share all of these other areas equally. Well, since she's passed, Sassy has just been like, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. And what's yours is now mine. And what's theirs is now mine. And that's mine. And that's mine. And she will come in. And and smack smack Stormy around, excuse me. So now Stormy, every time she walks into the room, she knows that Sassy's in there. She now runs away. And ever since Des's mom's been living with us, Stormy's fur is is healthier. She's healthier. She's happier because Gretchen now has claimed the the room, the bed her bedroom is like this is Stormy's room. You can't have this room. And so she now creates that barrier. And now, now she's happy and there's no more fights, but she can't, she can't leave that room without risking a fight with sassy. So I don't know. I, I just putting it out. I appreciate you wanting to, to give the other side of it. I just think he's being a dick. I really do. But because yes. he's a mellow cat. Um, when Dean and I are both there at the same time, he's fine. Because then, he, because always at that point, um, he goes and lay, is on Dean's lap, and brother comes on my lap. When I'm there alone, they both want to be with me, but and brother would be fine sharing. Mumford says, "Fuck that! I want to be with 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 Gary alone. You don't get to do this." And I think it's funny to a degree because Dean doesn't get that. Both the cats are yeah, okay, yeah, whatever, you know. You're here, you know, so, you know, I, one of us will be on you. Maybe we'll see how it all goes. When I'm around alone, fucking it, they fight over me all the time. And, you know, so I thought I was done with pussies fighting over me and I get it now. So Apparently not. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, that's the wonderful, exciting life of Gary at this point. What's going on with you, Holly? So to summarize, weather, vacuum, pussy, that's your issues, right? Your stuff that's isn't it? And it, that is just the way it always goes, isn't it? Really, you know. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we're, I mean, we're and some people go, I want your problems, but whatever. I want your, I trade you, yeah. I, you know, uh, weather here, whatever, you know, like we're gonna have some single digits. We're prepared for, uh, because our teams have uh, at work have been working really hard to come up with a winterization process to take care of our tenants. Uh, we got we got the five day forecast and we're like done. Took us twenty minutes. We're we have everything staged and ready to go. Should the weather turn and get worse, and if it doesn't, meh, we're good. It's all good. So I, I was really excited to to see our team working together and I actually had um, two of them over the last two days. Two of them had come up to me and just had expressed their appreciation for my leadership style, which took me back. I was like, nah, I again, that imposter syndrome, like, nah, it's not me. You know, I, I felt myself getting ready to say that. And I'm like, oh, you think so, huh? Like, what am I doing that gives you, you know, trying to find an example and engage the conversation a little bit. And it, it, because sometimes people just say that because they're being nice, you know, 
but they really, they had great examples. They're like, you, you inspire me to want to be better. Like I, I couldn't have cared less about custodial duties, but now I understand that what I'm doing is serving not only the people I work with, but the people that use our building every single day. It's not just a mundane, like I'm cleaning the same bathrooms every single day and the same floors every single day, but I'm providing a service to all these different users of our building. And the more users of our building, the more money we make, the more money we make, the more we could give back to our community. And they're starting to see more of that big picture. And same thing with our, our maintenance teams. Have, and we're dealing with a really old building. And there's been years of neglect. And so we're, some of that is catch up and some of that's future progression as well. We're remodeling certain spaces and we've rehired some employees who used to work here under a different management. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I wasn't sure what I was getting into. And now I, I'm excited to come to work every single day. And yes, some of it's going to be mundane stuff that we have to do, you know, in a repetitive motion, but most of it is is new and I'm learning and I'm growing and I, I, this is where I want to be. And I'm very excited about it. And that, that makes it feel good because I've helped contribute that to these individuals who have a future growth opportunity. Um, so it was nice. It was, uh, it was rewarding. Um, very long, <laughs> very long week. I'm doing a lot of data entry stuff and trying to get our financial, uh, projections for some grants that we're applying for I have to get those submitted. So not the fun, glorious stuff that I like to do, but it's necessary. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, cast our show, Stop Kiss. Very excited. We have some new actors, as well as some of our our wonderful, um, you know, community members that have done shows with us before. So I'm excited to see that come to flourish. And, and working with my wife has been a lot of fun to see how we bounce off of each other. I love working with her. She's such a creative human being and I get to create this beautiful piece with her. So, so you guys are co-directing. We are co-directing. Yes. So a lot of our ideas there, we jive where, you know, we were like, yep, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then there's some things that are very different. We explain our whys and we either, we make a, a something in the middle, you know, of what that decision is. Or one of us is like, oh no, that actually makes a lot of sense. Let's just, let's do that. And then if that doesn't work out, we could always make those changes. So it's been nice to see a different, a different level of our relationship come out as we're doing this. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been, I don't know if it's just fun is the right word. I just feel like I'm downplay that so much, but it's, it's beautiful, you know, to work with somebody you love and, and to create something that you love. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I get, Dean and I have never directed together, um, but almost always he's the one who, when I've directed, is the one who designs my set mm -hmm. and lighting usually for sure, those two things. And mm -hmm. I love that because there's such a shorthand, you just know each other. And, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and the same kind of thing where you're able to, there's times where he'll want this one certain design and I go, no, let me explain to you why. And he explains why he wants. And we usually can, we usually find a better concept to in the middle. Right. I guess what's going to happen with you and Desiree is that you find yes. a different. A and, and we have, the, and, and we've done that with some of the color schemes 
um, in placements and some light. There's some key lighting things that we want that we already know that we want before the lighting design is done. We're like, yeah, we, we want this style that we're going for. This is the feel. These are the whys behind that. And the, the staff of Pullman Civic Theater has been tremendous in receiving that information and really coming back with some creative design options. So I appreciate cool. where we have grown. And that, that's the next big step is as the board president, I, I, there's, a, there's a, a level of responsibility to make sure that we have put together our five and 10 year plans because as, because we're exponentially growing, we're gonna be opening in the brand new theater in two years. And we're still gonna be operating our other theater at the same time. So we have to have everything organized now, so the up. old theater, that one's just going to be a rehearsal space, though, isn't that correct? Not necessarily, no. Um, we will still, what will likely will happen, and this is, again, part of that plan, is the more artistic pieces that aren't known, like the shows on the sides, like the like Stop Kiss, people don't know that writer very well, but, and, you know, Agatha Christie, they know, right? So, and those pieces will have different pieces at different places to target different members of our of our community where the the original theater that we're operating out of right now i guess it's not the original because the original is where we're going back <laughs> but where we've been operating out of 20 for the last 20 years or so is that um will become more of an artistic space to um for classes and for some of these smaller pieces and then the main the main stage or our, our productions will be up at the new theater that's being built. And so to have two different performance schedules and an expanded staff and the we have to meet the expectations of the community on a greater scale, we need to have some things in place and how we're going to manage that at a level of professional um, with in par with the rest of the, the organizations that are coming in on this project. So it's, it's a huge undertaking. And I believe in our, our board, we have a very good diverse board of, of talented individuals. And it's just a matter of rallying and pushing forward through the next year and a half to make sure we get those things in place before my term is up as president. And how, how long, you, I, I know we're getting off on but how long have you been president now? It seems like it's been 12 years, but. <laughs> Well, I was voted in just before COVID hit. And so then I didn't have anything to do for two years for the most part. So when the vote came back up, the board unanimously voted me back in, mostly without me asking. They're like, I was going to say, and how much like, you was didn't, your Yeah, they're like, you didn't get to actually serve your two years. So we would we would like you to serve again if, you're, if you want to. And, the, and my wife and I talked about it and we both agreed that it was something I could take on and, and still um, be effective in that role. And so, and I have, and I, at least I feel I have, I can see potentially the board saying, well, that was your first two years. So now, so your next two years. You and you're going to go and fuck off, right? And at that point, you're just, no, no. No, I mean, you it, like to, you, I know you. I, I, it would be depend. as busy as humanly possible at all times. Well, I'm also looking at, um, political office opportunities because I firmly believe that the way we're going to make changes in our society is to have more people in leadership positions for the people by the people and represent. So, girl, after this, after this podcast, you and I need to have a quick talk about some things, and so I want to find out a couple of things that we won't make public yet. And so, 
So I, I'm, I have I, a lot I will, of questions. I'll ask you to schedule some time with my to. assistant. I'll give you my assistant's contact information and we'll go from there. <laughs> Desiree, just tell her I want to talk to her now, okay? So, <laughs> and I, well, we're getting I'm ourselves. sorry, I didn't um, mean to rudely interrupt you, but did you want to, anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to get talking I, about our show? You know what I want to talk about, Gary? I want what? to talk about our show. Okay. I want to talk about a month in queer. Doo-doo. Working on. I know we need some news <laughs> music with that. Some typewriters clicking. I like to jump into our show, so if if you're good with it, I like to get us rolling. I'm more than fine with it. After you stopped talking about me, I could have cared less, honestly. You know, so. Honestly, yeah, I know. Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about the month in queer. Uh, so basically, for our fellow listeners out there, we're gonna share some topics that we that we found in the news that we wanted to kind of focus our time on and the basically Gary and I are just gonna volley it back and forth I will start us off if that's all good I will start us off with anti-trans laws because that seems to be a big one right now right we have a lot of anti-trans laws being proposed in in 30 states right now 30 30 Texas being one of them Texas being one of them and so I want to kind of highlight a little bit of, of the par- the parallel that uh, marriage equality went through as well. Um, but basically what's shitty about all this is that the conservatives have for years have been trying to keep or get things to be the way they believe it should be. And because the way our government is structured the way it is, they can continuously propose the same shitty bills, the same harmful rhetoric to legislation because there's these huge sweeping pendulums of, pendulums of go you know from left to right and center and left and right and center and it changes so much that sometimes these bills are blocked before they before they go anywhere outside of the state they get blocked at the local level but because it's so fucked up right now because we are being vo- we are being vocal let's just play that we are being vocal we could be more vocal and shut the stuff down right so there's not enough of that at this point because we're not holding our our legislators accountable and this stuff is getting pushed through this hateful legislation is being pushed through and when this was happening during the marriage equality we had a lot of people on the other side of that conversation that were very much supportive of human rights and supporting the 14th amendment and saying, yes, we should have marriage equality. And, and the work has been going on for years, but finally we had enough of a voice, enough of a base educated and a legislation that was pro and or supportive of those rights and making that legislation happen. Well, now it's swing the other direction and we're focusing on a lot of the, uh, basically the focusing on transgender and that was a concern back during marriage equality. And a lot of legislators at the time pushed it off to the side because they felt at the time they couldn't push the equality to include the transgendered individual the way that, sh- in my opinion, should have been done right off the bat. So now here we are in what I'm calling the Trump era. It's just bullshit right now, right? And these conservatives are using the same tactics they've been doing but now they're now they're passing these anti-transgender bills and 
it's just, it's an, it's a yet another strategy to rally their base, right? They're just doing it for their base. They're doing it to continue to have power and to feel like they have control, right? So break it down. We have the anti-transgender athlete bills that have gained more and more tractions. And despite the consistent public opposition, we have 30 states now considering barring transgender athletes from playing on teams that match their gender identity. Of those states that are included are Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, South Dakota, Tennessee have already passed legislations and there are several others that are likely going to follow. So how does that kind of compare? Give you a little breakdown. 1990s to the early 2000s, conservatives prompted over 40 states to bar same-sex marriage on the basis that all children could be at air quote risk. Those being raised by same-sex uh, couples and those introduced to marriage equality at school. So there again, that whole idea we got to protect our our women and children. Bullshit rhetoric. It's all about them keeping control. They don't like the changes. They want it. They want things to look a certain way. So the conservatives, again, have trained their focus instead of being on the same sex marriage, they're now doing it again on this, this non-discriminating measure on transgender, foc- you know, focusing on transgender individuals. And they're misleadingly arguing that any measure that protects transgender individuals could place cis girls and women at risk of allowing men dressed as women to use uh, women's locker rooms and restrooms. Okay. One bullshit okay two that by breaking this down so concisely saying oh they're men dressed as women is so disrespectful and and, and just un- <clears throat> filters okay i know we're saying we're calling out and we're saying transgender men transgender women we're doing that in the basis of com- on this conversation because it is important and i will argue to the day i die that a transgender man is a man, a transgender woman is a woman. You do not exclude those individuals when you say, oh yeah, all women, including transgender women. No, no, we, no, no. I slap your head. No, no. Okay. So that's bullshit. There is no evidence that supports that this claim is even remotely valid. Okay. Yet there is significant evidence of health and risk to our transgender students and our population at large, we're seeing 40% of our youth committing suicide and an even greater number committing self-harm because of this shit that's continuing to go on nationwide. God even knows what that's like on the international stage, okay? This is just unfathomable that we can cause this much harm to our youth, and yet you're going to tell us, oh, well, we're doing it to protect our youth. We're talking about 40%. That's a huge fucking number. Anyway, okay. So these anti-transgender, on top of that, they have the anti-transgender health bills that are targeting our healthcare systems, preventing healthcare providers from providing certain like mental health and or physical um, treatment of any kind and allowing state and parents to sue these individuals for providing care to 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 individuals who identify as um, transgender 
So let's, let's look at that for just a brief moment. Right now, we have about 24 countries that have marriage equality. Okay, and that's just on, on the gays and the lesbians. We're not even talking about on transgender, right? So in the age, in the wake of marriage equality here in the United States, we have 40% of our transgendered individuals committing suicide. Can you imagine what is happening in those 24 states that have America, or 24 countries that have marriage equality? And then all the other countries outside of that that don't even have that? I mean, that's just unfathomable that we can accept those terms and not look at the individuals as our fellow human beings. <sighs> okay. The expansion of the LGBTQ plus rights around the globe has been grossly uneven. And there has definitely been some bans of same-sex uh, relationships in many of those countries. I will tell you this, and I will flip it over to Gary here. There is hope. Equal protection here in the United States under the Constitution and under many state and local federal rights, there are guarantees of equality under those laws that we as the people can use to reinforce our civil rights educate yourself vote and hold your legislated individuals accountable for their actions done ding gary go so um this is actually just a good moment to mention that um a trans actress named Isabel Torres, a Spanish actress known for the HBO Max's Venamo, dies at 52. She was diagnosed with cancer, lung cancer, November 2020, and she just recently passed away. Um, I'm reading this from Variety. Mm -hmm. It says here, uh, although her family and friends feel her loss deeply, we know that wherever she goes, she will have fun as only she knows how. Thank you all for the message of affection and concern. She has left feeling very loved and supported. Torres rose to fame in 2020 as the oldest of three actors in the title role of the Spanish television show, which also was released on HBO Max. Shortly after the show premiered, Torres announced her Instagram that she was battling lung cancer. Mm. The actor was born in July 14th, 1969 in Las Palmas del Gran Canaria, Spain. She made history in 1996 as the first trans person in the Canary Islands to legally change her name and gender. In 2005, she was also the first trans woman to be a candidate for the title of Las Palmas Carnaval Queen, according to the Spanish media reports. At this point, I decided we wanted to make sure to honor her. And I'm sorry to take away a little bit from what you were saying there, Holly. No, I, sure I appreciate you. I really do appreciate you carving out mm -hmm. time to honor. Thank you for that. Um, now, what I was going to talk about is uh, the queer visibility, mainly talking about the Winter Olympics. Okay. We don't have any for sure solid data yet, but from going by the, um, the Summer Olympics, there were 185 out athletes at the Summer Olympics. So we're assuming there's going to be the same amount, if not more, for the Winter Olympics and there, that there are there. Human rights advocates have been accusing China 
for forever, but it's getting worse now um, for all the alleged abuses at the Winter Games. Especially for the Chinese government's documented campaign of mass surveillance and detention against the country's Uyghuri minority, which the US and multiple other countries have recognized as genocide. This is at a time when there has been the most visibility to the queer community at the Olympics. In China, the atmosphere before events like the Winter Games tends to be very strict, which means increased surveillance and censorship. On top of that, the government's increased pressure on LGBTQ plus groups has an unfortunate consequence of the LGBT plus advocacy groups becoming more visible in recent years. So what's going on is they're becoming more vocal and more visible, which is wonderful, but because of that, it's causing the storm of the, of the China government saying, no, we don't want you to be here. We want this to be like 1950s America, you know, the, you know, 2.5 children, mother and father, all white, you know. Oh they, my gosh, yeah. They, this is their what music speaks, their op music at the opening ceremony speaks to what they're looking for too. It's like, what, yeah. Anyway, go oh, on. No, no. I, I honestly, I talking about this, I haven't watched any of the, of the Olympics this year just because it hasn't been on my radar. It's not, no, no political statement, it just hasn't been on my radar. Um, so it's not something I can, other than the fact I can just say that I know from readings, I've been reading a lot of things. Um, it's been said that the government is trying to censor any content that does not fit into the kind of heteronormative concept the China government believes is correct. So basically what we're saying here is that the Chinese government does not want anything going out that says that it's not a husband and a wife and their 2.397 children and that, Pray to God, most of that are boys because that's what they want. I mean, I don't know how much you remember about the Chinese government, but oh, they, I do. Uh, yeah, they got they, themselves. They shot they themselves in the foot with that one. Yeah, or the and so yeah. Now they're they're screwed the other way. But um, so their culture always thinks that men are better anyway, but not good enough to sleep with another man. You know, they want to make sure that they're sleeping with the women. And so they're making it very hard on all athletes coming into the country from other countries. Forget I feel terrible for the, the, the Chinese athletes who can you imagine the amount of their, the amount of people from China who are queer, who are right now talking specifically about being athletes who can't come out because they're afraid the backlash they'll get. Mm -hmm. That they that they can't come out to other people so that young boys and girls who are growing up with those feelings in them, they don't have anybody to look towards to have somebody to help them through this. Mm -hmm. This is an atrocity that you would hope in this day and age didn't happen. But you look at places like Nigeria, where their president has come right out and said they don't have gay people. Iran has said we don't have gay people. Wow. So 
Can you imagine? So we talk about our Trump era, which sucks. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm putting it nicely. But the difference is we're allowed to fight it. Where these people, if they try to come out, yeah, protest, their risk, they are truly, yes, we've had people who die in our country from it. But in these other countries, it's government sanctioned. These people, very likely when they come out, if they try to protest, are going to be killed. So I feel terrible for the Chinese athletes who are there all the time. I feel terrible for the athletes coming from other countries, for these queer people who are having to hide who they are to mm -hmm. be able to perform in this competition for the world. That's oh, really yeah. what I had if to If I was say an athlete and, but in the Olympics, I'd be absolutely terrified. Oh, yeah. I don't terrified. know if I would go. I, 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 I certainly wouldn't go as like a news reporter or support staff. I definitely wouldn't go as an athlete. I, me personally. And I hate to say that because I also find that I'm like, yeah, let's, I'm ready to throw down. Let's do it. When I, when thinking about the Chinese government, eh, good. And that's just it. When we, we know that recently from all, and you know, for all intents and purposes, we've seen them silence the one. I've lost her name. I don't have it here. That the one. Oh, the, Chinese, the eighteen-year-old skater. Player. Yeah. Or ten. Yeah, ten. Um, they they silenced her. She came out and was saying things had gone wrong. That she was being abused by a coach. And all of a sudden, she just disappeared. She's back now, but she said, "Oh no, it was all a misunderstanding." She doesn't know where. But well, she was forced into retirement. Yeah. She was forced and into so, retirement. Oh yeah, and so it that says volumes to me right there. And there is there are people that are actively trying to find out whether or not um, they're safe because it it is very clear. Well, and she's been proven to be physically unharmed now. But, yeah, but there's a lot of psychological. Oh yeah, I know. And the thing about it is, we will never know because there's no way they will allow her to to leave that area and very likely she wouldn't want to she has friends and family there oh yeah so it's a terrible position that i can't and her name and i'm gonna pronounce it wrong i apologize was peng shuai s-h-u-a-i she was she is a very good tennis player like the the next williams like just a, a phenomenal player so the fact that she was forced into retirement is and we have to say allegedly forced. She do says, I have to? Uh, do I have to? It's our podcast. Well, and out, you know, when she's when she said it, she said she's retiring. She did not ever, you know. So as far as okay. we know, alleged. Okay. Allegedly was forced into retirement. She was we, also we allegedly sexually assaulted by a retired official of Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. So allegedly. Okay. Moving so on. the big what well, the big takeaway from this is is that. In an era when a lot of people are finally living their true selves. And that means a lot of queer athletes are finally getting to be who they really want to be. The athletic world, not really even just China, not even just Nigeria, not even just Iran, the entire athletic world needs to become more open-minded and accepting. 
because we have to some degree that's still going on in the United States. This is something that we all have to work on because as a young person, I was very deeply involved in sports. It got me through a lot of times when I, you know, was thinking of doing bad things to myself. Sports kept me going. And in this day and age, that should never be an issue. So I'm hoping that in the future, this isn't accepted. Doesn't matter who, mm-hmm. who is, who who they are, what they are, and that's all I have to say on that. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Alrighty, so moving on to our next topic, uh, those in the United States probably are familiar with this term and many of you outside of the United States may have heard it, but the don't say gay controversial bill that would bar school districts from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity, thus commonly known as don't say gay. The bill that unfortunately was passed in the state of Florida um, will extend to the student support services, including counseling, and we would require the school district personnel to give parents all the information related to a student's mental, emotional, and physical health or well-being. Now, there are some elements of that bill that I'm like, okay, yeah, as a parent, I should know what's going on with my child's mental and emotional, physical health. Like, I should know that. There are a few politicians that are like, well, this by putting this bill out there, we're preventing our children from allow, you know, preventing our schools from allowing our children to have two separate identities. Dude, that's been going on long before this discussion. We have different identities in the different communities that we live in. When I was in high school, I had to be a different person in order to not get bullied. Like we do that anyway. So your argument, oh, wow, you're allowed to be gay or lesbian or whatever at school but they have to, but they go home and they're a totally different identity is is not not good for their health and well-being and yet when during a pool of just florida alone 50 percent of the students felt safer at school being truly who they are than they are at home 50 percent so you just basically cut all those individuals off and if any percentage of those individuals happen to be transgender you just exponentially increase the likelihood of self-harm and suicide. Congratulations, Florida. You fucked up again. I'm just saying. And there are other states that are considering looking into this. Now, I understand if you want to put, if you want to clearly define the sex education program to say, okay, we're going to talk about in the sex educational program, the different identities and what that looks like so that we can talk about safe sex and what that looks like. That's fine if you want to put an age limit on that. But a child that walks into the classroom and says, hey, I'm gay, and a teacher's like, okay, cool, can potentially be sued is bullshit. It's bullshit. Or that child goes to the school counselor because there's no other option available to them, and they get resources on how they can you know, ask those questions. Or And this is still involving the parents. The parents are still very much involved. They're still informed as to what's going on, but now they can't even do that. They can't have those conversations which is ridiculous. These are individuals who are trying to figure out who they are and we're removing and, and we're removing options and adding more barriers. And it's all just driven from a place of fear. 
anyway, I, I understand it's, it's a, it's a fundamental thing that parents have to make a decision on regarding the upbringing of their children. And they need to feel like they have that control in the school districts and, and, and what's happening. I get that. But if you're going to go after this, then you need to talk about the gun violence in the United States alone. You're worried about this, but yet violence in school is back up because we're back in school again. We children still have access to guns because we don't have the regulation in place to tell people, hey, according to the Second Amendment, that we're going to regulate these rights. You have to lock that shit up. You have to have a passcode or you have to do something that educate your children to not play with those guns and not have them just out in the open for them to access, even if you think they're potentially secured. Like there is a good, healthy way to have those conversations and prevent these kind of violences from happening. But you're going to focus on don't say gay, but you're going to ignore the other things that are more harmful to our children. And I know this is one of those, oh, well if then situations and we're task switching all that around, I get it. They're not the same thing. I get that. But at the root cause of your argument is based solely on the well-being and safety of our children, then I will call in all of these other examples, starting with the gun violence at school that is affecting our children's mental and well-being. Just saying. I ding, pass it on to you, Gary. So I'm just doing an update that has been, was on national news, and it isn't anymore. Okay. Uh, Chihuahua state investigators arrested a man and a woman accused of killing a same-sex couple left mutilated along a road in the Valley of Juarez. A unit specializing in crimes against women arrested Jacqueline Isla CR, 25, and David R, 24, on charges of aggravated femicide the Chihuahua Attorney General's office said Monday. Okay. The pair are accused of killing Naomi M.M. and Tanya M.8. The couple has been identified by Juarez News Media under the names Naomi Medina Martinez and Yuliza Ramirez. Last names were not released by the authorities due to rules in Mexico regarding the identification of prime suspects. So the people who they think killed them we can't know their identity till it's proven, so I get it. A motive yeah, in the lesbian harm. couple's slang has not been disclosed. Women and LGBTQ rights groups have described the killings as a hate crime, even though the Mexican authorities say it's not a hate crime. The death led to protest marches in Juarez and condemnation from LGBTQ and women's rights organizations all across Mexico. Asked whether the economic activity that the couple carried out could be related to the organized crime, Martinez said in an interview that he was not authorized to give any further details because the investigation was ongoing. So they could have been drug mules. We don't know for sure. Keeping all that in mind, trying to look at both sides of it. Still, the Chihuahua Committee for Sexual Diversity, a nonprofit that promotes LBGTQ rights, said in a statement posted on Facebook that the brutality of the killings clearly indicated they were hate crimes. It urged authorities to hold the per perpetrators accountable and noted that the state of Chihuahua has recorded the second highest number of hate crimes in the country. Oof. The couple had three children together and were married in July. A spokesman for the Attorney General's office said Thursday. 
Oscar Martinez, the spokesman, said they lived in Chidad Erez, a short drive across the border from El Paso, but traveled constantly to the United States where they have relatives. Last thing I have to say about this is this was in late January. Yeah, not that long ago. Nothing more has been reported since then. My guess is that if it was two blonde, blue-eyed, heterosexual females, there would be daily updates on this story. Yeah, that's that is such bullshit that we. And to understand, I didn't go into gruesome detail, but their bodies were not. I mean, they were literally cut up. They found them in garbage bags. Not just one bag. They were cut up. Thank you. This is terrible. So terrible. And so I just want to make sure that this is. For the listeners we have, just we I want to keep this out so there. So someone went dextered on lesbians. And, and in this area, there are a total of I would have to look for sure the um, the numbers. I don't have the numbers, but in this area in the last year, there have been close to 80 deaths of women. Not men, anything, women. But it's not a hate crime. Mm-mm. No, not at all. No, no, not at all. Sarcasm for those who don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's you. That's that's sarcasm here in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And so, Holly, what is your last one? Well, my last topic, Gary, is a positive one because I feel like this was important. I really want to. I want to end this. This this month and queer with something positive. It's actually a couple of them too. So there was a poll recently released by GLAAD, that's G-L-A-A-D. Um, uh, it, they do, it's, it's, it's along with the, um, oh gosh, every 10 years they do a, a, a poll of the population here in the United States. And a poll that was released on Thursday says that the number of U.S. adults who identify as LGBTQ plus has risen to a record 7.1%, a majority of which, 23%, are young people in the Generation Z. This number has doubled from the 2012 uh, time when we did the, the census. So, one of the quotes that I thought was kind of fun to share here on this particular thing is that America is changing. We are seeing these changes and it will continue to grow. And this might be why the conservatives feel like they have to act now, get it all out there and let's get it all passed before, before the lesbians get us. And they feel like they got to push that out there because they can see the writing on the wall. I mean, 7% is a huge jump in the population and we're seeing more and more people of accepting and affirming of individuals identities and sexual preferences and so much more that eventually i I think that's the you know the proverbial writing on the wall so i I want that i want basically i want to say that this is a reflection on our population that we're being seen that we're being heard and that the work needs to continue that we can do that Uh, in the in broadcast television just in tv funny little thing i felt this was kind of funny uh, but lesbians outnumbered the gay male characters in television by 40 percent, which i thought was interesting i don't know why but i just thought 
that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, that's from the NBC out. If you're not following them, they do have a great Twitter. They put out a lot of content out there and um, they just put that. Yeah, out. That's where I got a lot of my stuff from too. So. Yeah. They seem to be, they seem to put out pretty fair and equitable information on uh, the L, on the LGBTQ AI plus. So I, I appreciate that they're, they're taking that and spearheading it. So uh, there's a great little article that talks about that. I encourage our listeners to check that out and, and, and follow them. And while you're at it, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, if you're feeling it, but maybe you're not because Facebook is, you know, Facebook, check us out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Please share your thoughts for our next topics. Uh, we are looking at do this basically on a monthly basis. We cycle it out and we really want to hear what your month in queer is and add it into our next segment. So DM us, email us at quernundrum at quernundrum.com. Connect. Let's see what's up. I'm here for you, boo. And until next time, be well. And be queer, you wonderful fuckers. <laughs> what? Why do I laugh? I know you're going to say that every time. I still laugh. <laughs> Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Quernundrum Podcast. And email us at Quernundrum at Quernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.